Hey there, welcome to another episode of Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. As always, I'm your host, Roman Segal. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the pharma and biotech supply chain with Go Van Dam, CEO and founder at Tracer. So who is my guest? Professor Go Van Dam is the CEO and co-founder of Tracer, a clinical research organization specializing in generating fast and accurate in-human data with nuclear and optical molecular imaging techniques, even before the classic phase one to three studies. He is seen as a pioneer in the optical imaging field with groundbreaking research to his name. From origin, Go is a surgeon oncologist and a professor of surgery. He trained at Harvard, the Mayo Clinic and NCI. Go executed, sorry, executed and published the first inhuman applications of targeted fluorescent imaging in 2011 and published more than 140 papers, predominantly about clinical translation of innovative targeted optical molecular imaging. He currently focuses on utilizing his validated optical imaging expertise in the life science industry to reduce R&D costs, shorten time to market and increase efficiency for innovative drug development. Go, as well as having a very cool name, is one of the most impressive guests I think I've ever had on Molecule to Market. Hear about his journey from being a hands-on in-clinic oncologist, helping patients one-to-one up to trying to solve a problem he couldn't solve or they didn't have access to in the theatre environment. And then ultimately stumbling on something uh, that had a much greater application in drug development. He talks about some really interesting uh, kind of areas in terms of microdosing and fluorescent imaging and how it can have a massive impact at the preclinical phase in terms of, uh, you know, getting data quicker, getting on target, uh, understanding quicker, that obviously hugely benefits investors, biotech uh, and big pharma as well. I love how he talks about the kind of academia and industry ecosystem and that kind of constant need to collaborate, share and partner for greater good. It's a really, a really fantastic kind of advert for that. He also talks about some of the softer stuff as well. And, you know, despite being an incredibly uh, you know, well-regarded, respected individual, how he kind of observes others and talks. And he used this wonderful phrase that it's okay to copy and paste what others do. Uh, genuinely, this is one of those conversations where I was just making lots of notes and, uh, you know, genuinely learning whilst Go was talking. So please enjoy today's episode. Hey, Go, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for your invitation. More than happy uh, to join. Fantastic. Well, go just to start off with, I mean, I think it's fair to say that you've probably got uh, Go Van Dam might be the coolest name I've ever come across in my life. So <laughs> congratulations on that just to start off with. And, and, and go, you know, you know, I'd love for you to start off and tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, you've obviously got a really interesting background. So, you know, talk us through your uh, kind of career story and, uh, you know, and ultimately where you got uh, or where you are today and, and the role that you do at Tracer uh, in 2021. My journey from uh, being a physician scientist, uh, surgeon, oncologist into the exciting field of drug development and molecular imaging. Um, I am 
the CEO of Tracer since uh, four or five years ago. I co-founded the company together with my business partner, Ari Arminetza, who also has a long lasting history in the field of biotechnology and entrepreneurship, both in Europe as well as in the US. My background is training as a surgeon oncologist uh, in the upper GI tract and mainly due to my scientific research in the last 15 years, I have been acquainted with the impact of molecular imaging in the drug development process. As a surgeon oncologist, I was quite frustrated uh, due to the reason that tumors cannot always be detected intraoperatively. Therefore, we developed a fluorescence labeling imaging technique in which we actually used therapeutic antibodies at the microdosing level to detect these tumors in patients while they undergo surgery. By doing so, and we first uh, adapted this methodology in 2011 in patients with ovarian cancer targeting the folate receptor alpha, we were able to visualize solid tumors uh, with fluorescent imaging techniques into patients. We also realized that by using antibodies, for instance, therapeutic antibodies, as the diagnostic agents, we opened up the, do the, the box of Pandora, which means that we realized that by labeling therapeutic compounds, you actually can track them now in vivo in the population of interest, uh, also known as the target population. To explain to you what is really the impact of such uh, technologies like molecular imaging, either nuclear or fluorescent optical imaging, which is actually the focus of Tracer as a company in the drug development process, I will explain to you in a minute how that actually works. In the drug development process as it is nowadays, as you may know, it's very costly. Uh, in general, 1.8 billion per successful uh, therapeutic compound, and it takes up to 10 years uh, in order to get to the market. The problem is that you need eight to nine novel molecular entities to get one successful on the market. And the go-no-go -no -go decision, or let's say the failure, is often in the late phases in the clinic, phase two and phase three, which are also very quite expensive. This leads to a lot of investment, timed efforts, which are actually uh, uh, too expensive also for future therapeutics to development. So the R&D costs will diminish significantly when you have a novel technology which provides you the answer whether a therapeutic will be successful, yes or no. To explain this more in detail, instead of getting the data in terms of on and off targets late in the clinical drug development process, we apply molecular imaging techniques very early in the drug development process, which means that we don't stay too long in the preclinical phase. This prevents the use of large animals. This also prevents unnecessary long time enduring exercises in disease models, which are not always representative of human diseases. And as such, we can create a much faster leap into first in human studies. That is key in uh, the services Tracer provides to our customers. We provide fastest in human clinical data of the therapeutic compound of interest. So what do we do? Let's assume in the hypothetical uh, condition, uh, a company has a therapeutic compound. It can be a small compound. It can be a drug delivery platform 
or it can be larger proteins like antibodies, among others. And let me take uh, the advantage of using the antibodies as an example. What we do with Tracer in a very early phase, uh, when these, these antibodies are already uh, GOP or GMP produced, we can label them with radioactive compounds. When the half-life is rather short, we use 68 gallium. When it's long, we use zirconium-89. Besides that, we also can label these compounds with a fluorescent near-infrared dye, iodide-800, or even la label those antibodies in two ways. We call this bimodal, as well as a, as well as a radioactive ligand, as, uh, as a fluorescent ligand. Once we have labeled the therapeutic compound in our GMP facilities, so we have access to hot lab GMP facilities uh, since there is a cyclotron for the radioactive labeling, we also have non-hot GMP labeling facilities to label the antibody with the near-infrared dye, as an example. Once the IB and the IMPD of the compound is described, the compound and the study protocol is also written and pushed through the medical ethical committee in a very fast way. We are in the very positive conditions in the Netherlands that we have a decentralized regulatory system, which actually means that the IRB of the local hospital or the university hospital evaluates the medical ethical protocol, the research protocol and all the documents that come into play. In general, when a company provides us the GOP or GMP product, so the, let's in this case say the antibody, the therapeutic antibody, we can move into the clinic within six to nine months. This is very fast in contrast to other countries or regulatory institutions where this process can take actually more than a year. The other, the other advantage uh, of tracers situated in the Netherlands is that we are obviously a small country but with a high uh, number of inhabitants. This creates a high recruitment and accrual rate for these particular studies. By doing so, we provide the customer not only with a fast trajectory towards first inhuman molecular imaging data of the therapeutic compound of interest in the target population, but it also is very speedy. These, this strategy creates a very early quick win fast fill opportunity, not only in terms of the science which is behind it, is there a high on or is there a high off target, then we need to go back to the drawing table. And in case of a high on target, it also creates the opportunity for investors to invest very early uh, in these successful therapeutic compounds and otherwise there would be much more unsecure in the later phases of the clinical development. In this case, the drug development process, contrary to the more classical drug development mode process, is highly efficient, lower costs, and takes less time. And it creates much earlier a quick win, fast fill decision whether the therapeutic compound actually targets uh, the disease of interest, for instance in oncology, whether it's actually tumor targeting in the target population or for instance in inflammation in terms of inflammatory diseases like inflammatory bowel disease of, or rheumatoid arthritis 
And in other cases, for instance, in cardiovascular disease, we are also able, not only by nuclear imaging technologies, but also by fluorescence, to detect plaque formation in peripheral arterial disease, like carotid artery stenosis uh, and even heart disease. As you may appreciate, this technology is highly innovative and delivers fast, accurate, inhuman data, which speeds up the development process significantly, but also creates a successful model for other compounds in the pipeline of companies involved in the tracer uh, drug development process. You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. We are supported by ZymeWire, which is the leader in actionable sales intelligence for life science business development professionals. In fact, thousands of life science BD professionals start their day with sales signals from ZymeWire. And our friends at ZymeWire are giving Molecule to Market listeners an exclusive deal. Just head to zymewire.com forward slash Molecule to Market to learn more. And I have to ask you, obviously, a, a doctor, physician by trade and a research scientist and now clearly an entrepreneur. Where, where do you land on the three now? Do you see yourself more as an entrepreneur today or, or do you still see yourself as a, a doctor, physician? No, so I, you know, at, at some point um, uh, I started to realize, you know, I'm, I'm an, uh, still a professor in the academia uh, because I have PhD students. And I think uh, the innovation is extremely important. It feeds you. It keeps you aware. It makes you very, I would say, aware of, of changes in the environment in, in how you look at certain problems. Um, and that's all uh, okay. I started to realize as a full-time surgeon that it's very complicated surgery. At some point, you know, you, patients are number one. And if you start to notice, because I, we were actually developing this, this whole uh, technology of imaging into an indu- at an industrial level, then uh, it starts really to rub, so to say. Hey, so uh, I really noticed either I do the one or the other. And mm-hmm. I really had the idea that uh, because I was in surgery already for quite a long time, um, and and I th- if I want to do this and make it available to uh, a large group of people, but also for standard of care, because I think the only way to take things into standard of care is to take it out of the academia, because that is what's usually happening, and really adhere to the industrial levels of executing the, the, the next phases of drug development. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that if I want to do this right at the level, uh, the standards we are envisioning and our ambitions are, I cannot combine this with a very uh, active attending uh, uh, surgical career. Mm-hmm. So I really did quit my practicing. Um, uh, and mm-hmm. I feel an entrepreneur. Uh, why? Because I also have seen and I've, I've lived in two worlds, so to say. The academia is, a, is I would say, a perfect breeding, a perfect developmental arena, which you can have the time to do so. But if you really want to take it into strict timelines, adhering to deliverables, adhering to quality processes, procedures, then uh, the industry is is the level where you need to, need to take it to. And uh, the academia is a different way of working, 
then it actually is uh, within an, an industrial environment. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel, of course, on a daily basis, my training as, as an MD and as a surgeon is of value um, because you're not just trained to do surgery, but you're also trained to uh, manage, to coordinate, to have outpatient clinics, to have multidisciplinary meetings. Mm -hmm. um, what I like extremely is the combination that my uh, competencies, if I may say so, uh, within an, an industrial environment like Tracer is of use on a daily basis. And I mm -hmm. think that the way we are now uh, developing drugs and the speed we are developing drugs for a larger cohort of patients is, is unique in its kind. And I very sudden, uh, I realized for myself I can stay in the clinic until I retire, but this is such a unique proposition. It's not, not nowhere in the world. We developed it ourselves. I, did, I developed it within my research group. Yeah, how often does it happen? And mm. it makes me super proud that if we start four years ago uh, and we see how the company has evolved and, and uh, the impact it has in the field, uh, I think it's the right choice. If you want to mm -hmm. do it right, hey? if you want to do... Uh, play professional, uh, whatever, uh, a sports or um, in any area uh, of or any professional area, you need to do this 150%, otherwise it won't fly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I still feel a doctor, but mm -hmm. uh, from in a different perspective, but I yeah. am an entrepreneur. No, that's great. I love uh, I love that kind of uh, idea there of you know stepping out of the operating theater and into a new world, but I suppose recognizing that you've got to go all in to make this to make this happen. And go many of many of our listeners are are working contract uh, services companies, so they'll be in CDMOs, CMOs, um, you know, right across the drug development kind of outsourcing space. For those types of companies, are they able to partner with you to assist their clients? Are you seeing any of that? You mentioned collaboration quite a lot in your introduction. So I'm just curious to know whether or not, you know, if, for example, a client is working with a CDMO and that CDMO actually recognizes that your technology could really help that client at uh, you know, preclinical phase, is that the type of relationship that you are also looking to, to develop as well? Yeah, that's actually what we see um, uh, in the beginning uh, because of your internal network and, and the, the, the connections we had within the pharma uh, was very based on our own network. And what we see now, uh, and it's actually happening uh, the last two years, three years, is that we are approached by other uh, CMOs or, or uh, CROs, uh, larger ones, who mm -hmm. are actually... Uh, 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 hiring us or connecting to us to say, okay, this is a, a, a question asked by the client. They have asked us to, to do several steps. We know that you have a, a expertise in first in human imaging. Uh, it's not, I'm, I'm really now focusing on drug development, but we also uh, are involved in very early applications of medical devices, although that's not our mainstay. So people recognize us because we're, of course, a complete niche area uh, that this is so unique and it can only be done in, in a very unique environment uh, that they actually approach us to assist them in, first of all, many times in the project development, in the design of the studies and how you can do it in a very clever and a very smart way uh, to obtain 
data. So we're really making an intermediate step. And then obviously it continues with the larger studies as, as needed for phase two and phase three. But mm -hmm. yeah, I fully agree. We are very often asked for to uh, take our input uh, towards those clients. Yeah, no, that's great. It's good for our listeners to know that because I think uh, I suspect a lot of our listeners will be interested in, uh, in, in your technology to assist their clients. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the thing is, and, and I'm, of course, also quite classic medicine and, and, and uh, I would say pharma is rather classical uh, in, in the sense. So people tend to go for phase one, two and three, and that's the way we do it. And, uh, and they are just not always aware of the opportunities that you can go much faster into humans with much smaller uh, patient cohorts uh, that varies from, let's say, 10 to 30 patients. Um, and you really get a very substantial amount of data which helps you through the other processes. And it's, uh, we've seen this swap, this change in thinking the last two, three years in the awareness of what is possible. And uh, that really yeah, has created an enormous boost in the field. Oh, that's that's great, to, great to hear. And I wanted to ask you, you know, on the, your career is... Uh, you know, hugely impressive and you've achieved amazing things in different arenas. What what do you have to work on? What are your flaws and mistakes go that, you know, what, you know, because many people will look at you and almost you look flawless in terms of your kind of career success. And so I'm interested to know what kinds of things you have to work on on a daily basis. And I'm you know, linked to that, you know, the transition from being in the theatre, to being in the business world, what kinds of things have you had to learn and transition, and uh, you know that you almost have to remind yourself on a daily basis? Is there anything that that comes to mind? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think you know uh, to start off very early huh, in, in an academic career. Um, I, I I've been I worked also in the US, uh, and, and I look around very carefully. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, um, a copy paste, as I, I would say, if you see if it's something successful, try to do that also in a way. What I think is uh, connect. Don't shield off too much. If you don't connect to other disciplines, other colleagues, then you will never grow. If you keep everything to yourself and shield it off because you're afraid of, uh, let's say, yeah, you know, um, uh, that people might run away with stuff. Of course, you need to be, take care of it and you need to be aware of it, but collaborate in a multidisciplinary fashion. Ask the experts in a very early phase how to do uh, and what not to do. In terms of fluorescence imaging, which was not in humans, and we were actually, we, I thought it, it should be possible, but I'm not a an, an pharmacist and I'm not a chemist and I'm not an engineer. So I started to talk with people, start talking with people uh, and not, and, and really those ones who are, uh, I would say, the number ones in their field. Uh, I, I still collaborate with uh, Facilis Antichristis, who at that time uh, worked in, in Harvard, and now is the director of uh, TUM in Munich uh, for many years already. Uh, that is a, not only a long-standing co collaboration, but really creates an enormous uh, leverage on your program. So uh, talk with other people uh, from an let's say, uh, academic perspective, collaborate. I think that is crucial uh, because then you really come to the innovative uh, procedures. Um, uh, we have expanded not only from fluorescence-guided surgery, but into fluorescence-guided endoscopy. So I started to work with gastro gastroenterologists. Uh, two years ago, the, the uh, 
the pulmonary physicians came into play. Uh, now we're actually moving in, into the brain. So you uh, collaborate. That's from an academic developmental stage. From an uh, industrial part, uh, hire as soon as possible or start uh, like I did. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a business person. I don't have an MBA. I think I'm aware of what is going on, but that doesn't mean you can do the same as experienced people in the biotech. So mm -hmm. I immediately, uh, from day zero, when we really said, okay, this might become a success, um, I started to involve with experienced business people who have a long-standing experience in this field. Uh, in this case, it's Arya Minetza, you know, he has... Uh, uh, worked with big pharma, uh, knows how things are, are need to be arranged in terms of procedures, in terms of uh, uh, formalities, in terms of regulatory bodies. It's crucial. It is really crucial because the scientific mind, and especially in, in startups, is not always the entrepreneurial mind. And, and be aware of what your expertises are, <coughs> but... Uh, uh, involve a business person as soon as possible because it's it's you can only do this together uh, and yeah. I every day I enjoy it coming back to your question um, what what am I aware of every day um, <laughs> that if you believe you really strongly believe in uh, the concept and the concept because I think we always say ethics first that is step one we safety is for us number one and the ethical considerations the second step the science should be extremely sound so don't stay into the science forever I mean uh, in animal models but start to find those uh, critical people and persons who can help you to make the next step otherwise you lose a lot of time for market entrance as an entrepreneur because your patent will run out or uh, your uh, development cost will be too high. Uh, but it is very important if you believe in the concept that the science should be sound and the business plan. And this is actually why we, uh, I decided to have uh, a business guy involved in a very early phase. Uh, so you really can make the business strategy towards uh, not only the science and the concept, but it fits into the, uh, the marketing. Uh, what we do as Tracer, it's, it, uh, of course, uh, uh, I'm here now talking, but there is a complete team behind it who is looking into uh, the customers, the market, what are we doing, uh, how can we present ourselves, how do we increase the quality, how can we expand the network. Um, that critical mass, not only from an academic perspective, but also from a business perspective, is critical. Um, yeah, and you know, um, uh, if, if you believe in your concept, um, and I think sharing is very important, uh, you can do it in a very limited uh, amount of people, but start reflecting with it, start, to talk, start talking to other people. What do you think of this concept? Uh, might it fly? Uh, and, and start asking around because there are many people who want to help and, mm -hmm. and don't uh, uh, make the same mistakes as others have done because that's yeah. no one's in no one's advantage. I and think that is in, 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 a, in a summary what I really experienced. Uh, yeah, and, and, pretty, and stay close to where you're good at. I mean, yeah. um, I'm a physician, so I know quite well uh, when what to do in, in studies, uh, also non-surgical studies. 
but I'm not a chemist. So uh, we our team is is consisting of really top-notch chemists. So I'm not mm -hmm. talking when the when it's chemistry. Uh, when it's about pharmacy, QP, uh, GMP, then hire a darn good QP or GMP uh, guy who knows what what is needed. Mm -hmm. Business, I don't talk business. You know, I do now more than I did a few years ago. But really uh, know your uh, what you're good at and where your where your partners and, and your collaborators are much mm -hmm. better at. And I think that is quite crucial in this whole story. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things that you said right at the start there, go around uh, you know, copy and paste from others, which I think is a really great statement. And I think uh, you know all of our listeners should should take that away. You know, to adopt uh, adapt your own style to what you like in others. And we're almost out of time actually. Go and I had one final question for you. You know, you've talked about the journey that you've been in and the technology that you've developed. You know, obviously the potential to Know, reduce R&D costs and shorten time to market and, you know, get innovative drug development or make kind of innovative drug development a reality and more efficient. What is, you know, you know, if you could, if you had a crystal ball of what the next 10 years look like and, and what the impact Traces technology will have, give us, you know, paint that picture for us in summary uh, as a way for our listener to kind of, uh, you know, understand the potential of, of what you guys are doing. Yeah, what we see and that it's it's picking up is what we see in the next 10 years is that uh, once the preclinical phase is successfully finished, and, and we always say uh, the sooner you start thinking also in the preclinical arena to first inhuman, uh, very fast inhuman studies, uh, we envision, uh, and it's, it's not by all uh, compounds and disease areas uh, possible, but we envision, it's also what we see of, of large investment companies, that uh, if a biotech or a pharma is developing compound and has said, okay, animal talks look okay, that the molecular imaging, nuclear and fluorescent, will be one of the pillars, one of the components uh, for uh, drug development uh, for the phases to come thereafter. It will be an essential, essential comp uh, component in the complete development process. It's not just there now and then. No, it is one of the critical steps in an early go-no-go decision-making drug development. That is mm -hmm. our vision, and that's also what we noticed in several really, I would say, front-runner companies, pharma and also investment companies, that this is actually the case. And we have seen it in several projects that it actually works the way it is. Mm -hmm. That's great. And, and go, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure to to speak with you today and hear your story and what a what an amazing journey that you have been on and continue to be on. And uh, yeah, thanks for making the time. And, you know, I, I certainly wish you uh, and the team at Tracer all the success in the world and hope your technology helps get drugs through clinic into patients, you know, safely and onto market. So congratulations on your success today. And yeah, thanks for being a guest on Molecule to Market. Uh, thank you very much. More than happy to do so. And, and um, with this uh, podcast, I, I really hope that people become aware of the possibilities and uh, more than happy to assist people in, in uh, basically uh, out-of-the-box thinking. Um, there is much more possible than most people always think there is possible. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think uh, for myself and the team, it's an honor to, to give you uh, an insight in what we're doing on a daily basis. 
I can tell you uh, it's highly motivating. And um, I always tend to say to the customers to the, who come over, the first image of your compound tracked down in a human, you will never forget. And uh, I can <laughs> tell you it's a, it's a unique uh, moment in your life. Uh, every time again, every, even if we have uh, projects, we, every project we carry out and we see that it's actually the, the whole thinking and development in an academia and it shows up the way it should work in, in patients, that's unique of its kind and it shows, okay, we're on the right track. Uh, mm -hmm. and that's a, a one of a kind experience. So I will be continuing this for several years to come. Yeah, I can imagine that's an incredible moment for, for drug developers. And, and I certainly encourage our listeners to, to find, go on LinkedIn and connect. And if there's a, you know, you obviously are someone that believes in collaboration and partnership. And I think, you know, I'd encourage people to get in touch. And yeah, well, thanks again. Go and, you know, stay safe. And I look forward to, to seeing you in person at some point in the future. Likewise. And thank you very much for the opportunity. Hi again, thanks so much for tuning in to Molecule to Market. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find more shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. Get in touch with us on our website, moleculetomarketpod.com, and follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter, and we will see you again next week. You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. Molecule to Market is sponsored and funded by Remarketing, an international content, digital and design agency that helps companies get noticed, raise profile and generate leads in life sciences.